Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode of the Stardom Cast is sponsored by Puro TV. Your one-stop shop for all your Puro DVD needs. From Stardom to New Japan, from All Japan to Ice Ribbon, as well as incredible box sets documenting the best matches of your favorite Japanese wrestling icons, Puro TV has it covered with new items added every week. And now, as a special gift to listeners of the Stardom cast, Puro TV are offering 10% off. Simply go to puro-tv.com, use the promo code STARDOMCAST at checkout and get 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's the code STARDOMCAST to receive 10% off your entire order. The link to their website is in the podcast description. And now, on with the episode. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardomcast. Welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I am joined by my friend and by your friend as well, independent wrestling's Matt Turner. Now, Matt, before I ask you how you are, I, uh, I have a little bit of confession to make. Um, and um, I'd, obviously, anyone listening, I'm sure this is going to get clipped. Um, but I had a dream about you last night. Whoa! Okay, <laughs> I am. Sometimes now again, we we Rob and I we talk all the time on. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, which we have new listeners all the time, we thank you. But if you're a, a veteran of this podcast, Rob and I talk literally all the time. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm in the states. He's in England. There's a five hour time zone difference. Outside of my wife, there's nobody I talk to more than Rob, and gladfully so. Gladfully so. Oh, so sometimes, sometimes there's a uh, there's stuff that happens that we literally save for on air of the podcast. And this, <laughs> in the year and a, the year and a half we've been doing the show, brother, this might be the uh, the the coolest one. So I'm sitting on edge. So please tell me, uh, as long as it's not X rated, what uh, what was what was this dream? What was this dream, dream about, brother? Um, it was not x-rated i hasten to add though i do imagine that people have got i had a dream about you as their message (laughs) tone now um but no it was i'd been watching um yuzuki aikawa versus mako samura before i went to bed for my stardom book it's one of the matches that i'm reviewing 
And uh, great match, by the way. Definitely go and check it out. I know that you've done it for the Patreon, Matt. Um, I, no, I have not. That's actually going to be coming up in two weeks on the Patreon. Ah, well, outstanding from, match. From start, start, start on the high risk 2013, correct? Indeed. 17th of March. Uh, Yuzuki Akawa's final Korokan Hall match. Really, really good match. Really good match. Um, but clearly, I had stardom on the brain um, because I'd been doing stuff on that, stuff on my other book because i've got 4863 books on the go um and obviously i went to sleep um and i had a dream that in pro wrestling noah uh mayu iwatani was defending the belt now i think it was the iwgp belt didn't look like that and wasn't called that it was called something bizarre now i'm sure you're like oh my god i wrestled mayu iwatani in rob street no um i really wish you had the match never got started um, because of, you know, presumably Mayu going to the wrong arena or something. Um, but you were on commentary with some random bloke who, obviously, the English commentary team over at um, over at Noah is uh, Stuart Fulton and Mark Pickering. This guy was Mark Pickering, was not Welsh, and did not look anything like Mark Pickering. But you were on the play-by-play for Pro Wrestling Noah, commentating on a non-existent Mayu Iwatani match. Um, so there you go. Go, Matt. So uh, you are in my dreams, a color commentator. How does that feel? Well, that's fantastic. That's just another win for me, folks. And again, this is one of the many reasons why bad days in my life do not exist, sir. So uh, exactly, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that you did not dream about me wrestling for pro wrestling, Noah. But would you like to talk about my professional wrestling match from this past week and how I use a certain stardom wrestler's move to set up my finisher, Rob Goodwin? I would love nothing more, Matt. <laughs> that might be the next T-shirt. It's going to be a cartoon picture of Rob holding a microphone that's saying, I would love nothing more. That might be your <laughs> catchphrase on this show. So I get to the building and I go you know, look at the run sheet. And it has my match, 10 to 12 minutes. Matt Turner over via submission. They would like a hard-hitting, strong-style style match. Perfect. Right up my alley. So make a long story short, I'm kind of thinking in my head what I want to finish with. Ah, you know, I do a lot of submissions. Rear naked choke, simple enough. Rear naked choke, I'll set it up by working the neck to build towards the finish. Now, Rob, as you know, when it comes to matches, I like it when a wrestler wins a match, if it makes sense, by hitting a whole slew of moves back to back to back to set up the finish. One, that wrestler gets to put over their moveset. Two, it makes the other person look really, really strong as they had to unload their entire playbook to win the match. So the finish of this match that set up me for the rear naked choke was roaring elbow into the brain buster. My opponent kicked out of the brain buster. I got an over underhook on the arm, put him into an arm bar, and then was able to transition into the rear naked choke. Now, I didn't want to just go right from there to the rear naked choke. I wanted my opponent to really fight up a little bit. At this point in time, the crowd is chanting for this for my opponent to tap. I was the babyface. He was the heel. So I thought, ooh, we already have him. This little segment that I have in here to build up to the choke is going to work even more. So as I have him in the choke, now, Rob, have you seen WrestleMania 8 Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart? I have indeed. Oh, I've, yeah. you didn't. So now, obviously, if you have not seen that match, it's my opinion, Roddy Piper's greatest match ever. One of Bret Hart's greatest matches ever. One of the greatest intercontinental title matches ever. And one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever. So now keep in mind, a good majority of the people in the crowd are all friends of mine that I've had for a long time. So I knew they were going to bite on this falsy. So I had him in the rear naked choke. 
He runs up the ropes, kicks back, and he gets a two and a half count on me. And again, all of my friends gasped in the crowd because they thought that was going to be the finish that I just, you know, hey, copy an A, get an A, as I say on this show. For the finish, I kicked out, kept the rear naked choke on. Um, again, they're now they're really coming up for him to tap. He gets close to the ropes. As he's getting close to the ropes, the psychology says, I need to get this opponent away from the ropes. So what I do is I break the choke, and then I give him a schoolboy. He rolls onto his knees. I come off, bam, violent shooting, right? <laughs> I knew it was going to so be tough. Yes. I knew it. So I hit him with the one violent shooting. So as he slowly starts to go up, I now, now the crowd's at a pretty decent fever pitch. I yell out to the crowd, which nobody outside of Sean, who's our editor, who uh, managed me from time to time. He was the ma- he was my manager for the match. Again, nobody in the crowd had any idea what this meant except for me and him. And I knew I was going to brag about it on the podcast. I yell, everybody here, let's all walk the Tam road oh, together. No. <laughs> I nailed another <laughs> violent shooting, locked in the rear naked choke again, tapped out, match over, <laughs> fun, fun time. So what I'm trying to say, Rob, not only to you, but all the friends and family of the Stardomcast podcast, that the main reason why I won that match is because I hashtag believed in Tam. I have never heard a story that has gone from being one of the coolest to one of... I can just imagine you with all your might summoning all of that meltier energy and screaming to a crowd who've gone... <laughs> what is going no clue. on? I love no it. Clue. it was a, yeah, it was a punk rock show. It was a very, very small venue. There was a band that played before the show and at intermission. It was standing room only. It was literally called BYO Wrestling because you can literally bring your own alcohol, which many of my friends in the crowd brought several, several beers. So I was like, this is going to be a, a fun, fun show. So uh, all in all, fun time was had by all. And, uh, you know, the fact that I got to... Uh, Shout out and show some love for our, not just mine, your World of Stardom champion, Tam McConnell. Was this the, uh, the cherry on top, sir? Honestly, I, I don't know where to start with that, Matt Turner. I, I was like, I'm sure it's going to be a Tam thing. And then when you said about the Roddy Piper and Bret Hart spot, which is, you know, an iconic WrestleMania moment, um, it is just, you know, um, because you mentioned it, it's probably, it's definitely at least top three Roddy Piper matches for me. I don't know if it's between that and the uh, dog collar match he had with Greg Valentine. Um, both fantastic matches. Um, but I was like, oh, that's really cool. Hang on, he said it's something to do with stardom. I bet it's Tam. I bet it's Tam. And then he said the brain buster and he kicked out. I was like, what a... What a uh... Hazuki. Exactly. <laughs> One second, sorry. Hello again, everyone. You're probably wondering why there was such a sharp join in the podcast there. Um, the reason being that whilst Matt was talking about Hazuki, uh, my girlfriend came in and informed me that we had a dead bird in the kitchen, um, which George had bought in, which was one of my cats. And he hadn't just bought a bird in. He had utterly decimated this poor thing. There was bits of it up the wall. There was feathers everywhere. He's a feral beast. A feral beast is George. And what makes me laugh is the fact that we've got two cats. We've got George, we've got Fred. Fred is the gentlest soul in the world. Um, what he, he bought us a toy bird and started yowling at the bottom of the stairs because he was really, really proud of himself this morning. George is like, that's not a real bird. And has bought us in a real bird. And it was 
everywhere. So I apologize. That is why there was such a sharp cut in the podcast, because I had to go and deal with what was left of this tiny, tiny bird. We give you lots of entertainment here on the Startup Cast, folks. Not only do we talk wrestling and talk about what's going on in our uh, personal lives, but also <laughs> our pets' lives as well. So, I mean, this is the all this is the all podcast here, brother. <laughs> I mean, he's never once bought a burden. Actually, that's a lie. He once bought a massive uh, baby swan in, which, like, I looking at the size of it, I do not understand how he got it up over our gate. And then through the cat flap. But me and Kirsty came in from a walk and there it was on the floor. So he is a bit of a beast, is George, but he looks like butter wouldn't melt. Do not believe a word of it. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, enough pet frivolities. Um, Matt, for God's sake, put us back on the rails. What's coming up <laughs> on the Patreon this week? The Patreon. Actually, real quick, Rob, why don't you explain to everybody and then uh, tag me back in while the uh, podcast is coming out a day early? Because if we don't do that now, we're going to forget. Yes, that's a very good point. Um, so we realized that the latest Stardom pay-per-view, uh, Fukuoka Goddess Legend, um, actually takes place on a Thursday, um, So, which is obviously the day that the podcast releases to Patreon members. And then, of course, it releases to everyone else on a Friday. It it would automatically make our podcast a little bit moot if we released our preview on the day that the show was going down. And obviously we couldn't wait to review the show because we wouldn't have enough time to do it and then review it. So uh, what we've done is we decided to release our preview um, a day early, two days early for... Uh, no, a day early, sorry, for uh, everybody. For Patreon members, it will come out on the Wednesday. And for our free feed, it will come out on the Thursday, the morning of the pay-per-view. So you can have a listen to us just before we watch Natsupoy and Mina Shirakawa in the main event. So that's why we are a little bit early this week. There you go. There you go. Patreon. Okay. Coming up on a lot of great, awesome stuff on Patreon, especially we've started the new updated, upgraded version of the Patreon, which we'll get in that to the mo in a moment. But this Monday we released the final match of insane April uh, Kyrie taking on EO Shirai from the five-star Grand Prix 2016 coming up this, this next, this upcoming Monday, Rob and I will do alternate commentary of Mayu Iwatani versus Kagetsu from 2018. Correct, Rob? Do I have that right? Correct. Correct. Okay, there you go. Also, your votes are in for the bi-weekly podcast. We will be releasing uh, by the middle of the month all of Hazuki's Wonder of Stardom championship attempts. Now, correct me if I'm Rob or if I'm wrong, Rob. Easy for me to say. Wrong, <laughs> Rob. Um, Hazuki is 0-5 in these attempts, correct? She is indeed. So it is Kairi, Io, Momo Watanabe, Arisa Hoshinki, and Sayaka Matani. So I have to watch Hazuki versus Kairi, Hazuki versus Io Shirai, Hazuki versus Momo Watanabe, Hazuki versus Arisa Hoshinki, which we are doing as a alternate commentary later this month, and Hazuki versus Sayaka Matani. I tell you what, hard work, buddy. It is hard work. The sacrifices that I have to make for this podcast, unbelievable. Uh, but <laughs> really looking forward to that. That'll be released sometime in the middle of the month of May. And at the end of May, we are going to be uh, doing a review. Uh, we'll be going back and watching all of Suzu Suzuki's five-star Grand Prix matches from last year of 2022. And what perfect timing, considering the fact I'm sure we'll tackle in the news 
Suzu Suzuki is an absolute hot topic in the world of uh, not not only uh, stardom but Joshi wrestling as well. And then uh, we have we are um, later this week we will be filming our yeah filming recording filming our very first of the new Patreon episodes. We will be doing a roundtable discussion. Who had the better World of Stardom Championship reign? Was it Utami Hayashista or was it Sh- uh, Sherry? And it'll obviously be be uh, me, Rob, and we'll be joined by Scotty Wrestling as well. And then later on in the month, we'll be doing our uh, fantasy booking. What if, what if Hazuki defeated Sayakamitani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship back uh, at the Triangle Derby Finals? So that is going to be a hoot. And uh, Rob, we just got to just shout out again as we're recording this. It is May second. We just released the new Patreon May first. And we've gotten loads of new Patreon subscribers and many people that have updated and upgraded their Patreon uh, to a higher tier. So we just can't say thank you enough for that. No, absolutely. And Matt's already mentioned, but Ryan Lemire, Edward McKay, Quizmaster Flash, Maddox, Angel Rivera the Third. thank you so much for joining our Patreon. We Honestly, we are humbled every day by uh, people subs- <coughs> people subscribing to the Patreon. And also, thank you to everyone that has updated their um, or changed their, pod- their Patreon subscription and gone to a different tier. Thank you so much to everyone. We could not do this without you. We, uh, it's, it, again, it's hugely humbling. And hopefully, you will enjoy the, uh, the new content as much as we enjoy doing it. And just to sort of piggyback on what Matt is saying, our roundtable discussion with Scotty Wrestling, that will be up for our white belt tier members. Um, if you want to be a part of that, it is $10 a month. That will be up on Sunday, um, this Sunday as we record. So it will be the 7th and then on the 28th of May. That will be where our monthly What If fantasy booking will occur with, uh, again, how it would have gone if Hazuki had been Sayakamitani for the white belt. And we'll have a little bit of a uh, fantasy book-off, um, see who uh, who can come up with the better story and the better run for Hazuki. Um, now, Matt. Not only that, yes, not only that they're good, sir, as if we're not busy enough, I'm trying to lock down more and more interviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously we have Kerry Silken coming up sometime. I have to touch base with him. Allison Danger, there's definitely going to be a part two. We're trying to get her on with Dave Prezak, uh, something I'm working on. But I have locked down what is going to be an upcoming interview. We don't have the date set. Hopefully by the end of the week we will. And uh, Rob, would you like to tell everybody who I locked down for our next interview, good sir? Indeed. Our next interview is none other than Awesome Kong, awesome Kong, amazing Kong, Karma, whatever you know her as, um, we are going to be chatting with her. Honestly, one of my favorite female competitors, one of my favorite competitors, full stop. Um, I honestly can't wait to speak to her again. Once we've got a date locked in, I'll stick a thread up on Twitter. I'll stick a thread up on Patreon. If you want to ask a question to Amazing Kong, Awesome Kong, whatever you want to call her, then please leave it below and we'll try and get to as many as we possibly can. But I'm just looking forward to talking to her about Japan, about TNA, about the tag team the the scene in all japan women's in the 2000s i'm honestly very 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 excited i'm also excited to see how much modern wrestling she watches because obviously she is now retired from wrestling she had the cup of tea in um in aew of course but i'm interested to know what her thoughts are 
on female wrestling today. And uh, it'll be nice and interesting to see it from uh, from her point of view, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be definitely interesting. And I have to give a shout out to my good friend who all set this up, my buddy Joey Image. I've known Joey a long, long time in wrestling. He is literally a guy who knows everybody. And I reached out to him to see if he can get her on the podcast. And it was literally about a five-minute text conversation back and forth saying, yeah, she'll do it. Just lock down a date and time. We'll figure it out. So big thanks to my good buddy, Joey Image. Uh, If you do get a chance, please follow him on Twitter and his YouTube channel, Joey Image TV. A lot of his stuff. He's a retired pro wrestler. He's uh, banged up with injuries with his neck and his back. He's had a few. He's had a back surgery and just recently a neck surgery. So he retired from wrestling about six or seven years ago. So uh, if you get a chance, go over to his YouTube channel, especially if you're a gamer. That's what he's really big now, big on now is, as gaming. He's extremely, extremely entertaining, literally one of the funniest uh, wrestlers, one of the funniest humans I've ever met. But uh, I kind of just do want to give a little warning as we like to try to keep this show clean. Uh, Joey is the complete opposite of that, <laughs> literally to the point where he swears so much. He doesn't even know it. Like if he just says it, says it so casual. Just to kind of give you an idea of, uh, again, years ago, I was on a show where we were wrestling in a church. And he walks in the locker room and the door doesn't even shut. And he says, Matt Turner, how the bleep are you? I can, you can probably fill in the blank. I'm like, well, Joe, we're in a church. And he's like, yeah, but there's a wrestling ring there. The door didn't even shut behind him. But uh, again, yeah, I'm super excited for the interview. Uh, like I said, I say that every week on this podcast, the amount of people I email and send messages to, to try to get on this podcast to interview, it's, uh, it's literally insane. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm glad we were able to get that one down. And again, thanks. Thanks, Joe. I greatly appreciate your help and support on that one. Uh, helping us grow the show yeah we're we're now the biggest fans of joey image i'm not gonna lie um he (laughs) might be my new favorite person um but yes so we've got loads of things coming up for you um and hopefully you're enjoying the content as much as we are enjoying making it um let's dive into the news and where to start there is quite a lot but seeing as you've already mentioned her let's start with suzu suzuki who has claimed that stardom will be her new main battleground so at least for the foreseeable future we are going to be seeing suzu suzuki on the vast majority of of stardom cards whether she will also do a little bit of freelance work and go on to other promotions as well i don't know but she seems to be a staple of stardom at the moment she is um scheduled to be on the vast majority of the golden week cards and in fact i think she's on every single show um and with that being said i mean hopefully that means that we're going to get another five star run um because i think with her being um more committed to stardom now having again proclaimed that it's her battleground her main battleground um i think she'll go deep into the tournament again she is definitely one to watch i'm very very excited to see what the next 12 18 months have in store for suzu suzuki who and i can't believe this is 20 years old she literally has the entire of women's wrestling wrestling full stop at her feet at this point, which is uh, incredibly exciting. But Matt, how do you feel about Suzu Suzuki basically proclaiming that stardom is hers now? I think we've been having our fingers crossed about this for about a year, pretty much ever since the end of uh, World Climax last year. 
where, um, you know, she was getting more and more dates. Obviously, she had that feud with Julia. And then literally, I mean, there's a litany of fantastic matches in the five-star, you know, Mayu, Mirai, Sai Kamatani. Obviously, that final match with Julia. And uh, I know I did a review of the final night of the five-star with uh, Scotty Wrestling, who we just talked about. And uh, we both were kind of saying that I think Rossi Ogawa had a blank check and was like ready to hand it to her after a match with Julia. Like, what's it going to take to get you here full time? And we were kind of just waiting. And then after they, uh, her and prom, Harry Cesare and uh, Kurumi Hiraga took the artist belts at the end of the year at uh, Dream Queendom, we're all like, okay, she's got to be signed now, right? She's got to be signed now, right? And then it just, you know, kind of happened all within, uh, you know, the last week or two where she said she was leaving prominence uh, at a Cork and Hall show. And we're, you know, we're like, oh, is she going to show up and start on more dates? And all of a sudden you see she's booked for all the Golden Week shows. I'm like, oh, that's a good sign for us Stardom fans. And then after the first show, she said, yeah, I'm making Stardom my main battleground. So we're all super, super happy about it. Obviously, with the way that Stardom is, she's going to have to join a uh, faction sometime. And I did make the prediction on the show that I think Saida and Suzu Suzuki would join DDM by the end of this year. Um Again, we're not sure what's going on with Saida. We would like to see her obviously change up a little bit. But as far as with Suzu Suzuki, I think that prediction might be true. I hopefully they stretch it out where like they have like a bidding war on her. Again, very much similar to uh, when Macho Man Randy Savage came in the WWF back in the 80s. It was like, what, who, who, what manager was, was he going to go to? Was he going to go to Freddie Blassie, Bobby Heenan? Was he going to go to Jimmy Hart? So on and so forth. And that's when they brought in, you know, Elizabeth. But I would love to see like Mina and Tam trying to like recruit her for uh, Cosmic Angels and Club Venus, where it's like, yeah, you can join us and put pink on and get us to dance. And then Mayu comes in like, come on, you can join stars and I can hit you with my car and like we can forget belts and <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, I mean, it's going to be and I hope they drag it out. I mean, literally to a point where I hope they drag it up to like the end of the year where she's literally just wrestling everybody from all the different factions they put her in random tag matches whatever but i hope it's like something where they drag out towards the end of the year at dream queendom like where's she gonna land um i, I think that'd be a really cool thing to do with her and not only that but she's gonna have great matches so yeah the sky is the limit considering the fact how loaded that stardom roster is and constantly getting better literally on a day-to-day basis and again suzu suzuki only 20 years old she's only gonna get better I mean, I don't know if there is a better um, non-stardom wrestler that is now a stardom wrestler over in Japan, over in the Joshi scene. I mean, maybe Mio Yamashita over at the Tokyo Joshi Pro. But uh, other than that, I don't know if there's a better get for stardom right now than Suzu Suzuki. I mean, actually, they literally just come off their biggest show ever. The buzz on stardom is absolutely huge. And then to land somebody like Suzu Suzuki, We've all been waiting for her to land full-time for the past year. This is just an absolute another home run for stardom. Absolutely. And I think as well, if you look into the future and you sort of do look at competitors and think, right, well, what's her ceiling? You know, is she a future white belt champion? Is she a future red belt champion? And we've talked about this before, how wrestlers, so for example, Julia, when she won the red belt, she had that something. She had that aura about her, that superstar aura. Suri was the same. And you look at some of the competitors, and no disrespect, but you know that they're not going to be future red belt champions. You look at Suzu Suzuki, and I have every faith that she is a future red belt champion. Nailed on. Now, who she takes it from, or when this happens... 
is anyone's guess. But again, she is 20 years old. Even if she is a wrestler who thinks, do you know what? By the time I'm 25, I am taking, I am retiring. She's still got five years of wrestling in her. And that's assuming she'll stay with stardom. She may well go on and do some US stuff. She may well turn up in AEW. You never know. But the ceiling is non-existent for me, for Suzu Suzuki. Give her all the belts because she's charismatic. She's great in the ring. She's a captivating person. And honestly, I am very much looking forward to her teaming up with Fukigan Death and the Goddess of Tag League and only winning one match. What? what, what you literally just did to me what I did to you at <laughs> the beginning of the show, where you're like, yeah, you're right. Oh my God, I like to see her versus Kyrie and oh my, her versus Tam match or her versus, you know, Sai Kamatani or Yutami match. And like, I'm literally shaking my head, like, yeah, partner, right on, right on, right on. And what do you do? You pull the rug out. Where are you to go? I mean, it's, it's the team we all want Suzu Suzuki and Fukigan Death. Um, you could call them tequila death. I'm sure. Oh my goodness! Like, give, give this man, give this man the t-shirt money, Ogawa. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, Hatman, if you are listening, um, tequila death, you are literally printing money at that point. Um, but yes, stop the podcast. It's like I'm better Oh, I'm sweating over here. Uh, <laughs> um, obviously, we are coming off the back of Stardom's biggest ever show and as it's stardom's biggest ever show that means that dave Meltzer has been reporting about it um so he did release his ratings for the show no five star matches but i thought and i will read through the Meltzer ratings from the wrestler observer newsletter um i thought these were pretty fair in terms of their rating there aren't really any that i look at and go that's too generous or that's not right or that's not fair it's we will, me and you say quite often that Meltzer's ratings tend to be within a quarter of a star of our own. Um, and that's very, very true here. So uh, Mina and Saya, he gave four and three quarters. The same with Tam and Julia. Um, Mayu, Ibitani and Mercedes, he gave four stars. Suri and uh, Chihiro Hashimoto, who's a very big fan of four and a half stars. Um, four and a quarter stars for the artist of Stardom Belts, which he really, really enjoyed the closing stretch between between Suzuki and Siori Anu. Um, the goddess of belts, uh, goddess of stardom belts, sorry, obviously the uh, the sort of standout in a way that only got two and three quarters. The Himika retirement match uh, against Micah, four stars, and then Fuachan's match and the high speed match both got three and three quarter stars. So uh, I think it's fair to say that this was seen as one of the best shows of the year. Now, Dave actually says in the newsletter later on, um, it's certainly in the conversation as the best show of the year, whether it is better than WrestleMania Night 1, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, the Noah show with um, the great Muta and Naito. Um, sorry, Muto and Naito. Um, you know, those are ones that he cited, but he said it's certainly in the conversation to be considered amongst those shows. And Wrestle Kingdom 17 especially was a fantastic show. So, you know, again, huge, huge, huge praise levied at Stardom. Matt, how do you feel about those star ratings? Well, again, you know, everything's subjective. You can kind of, you know, take it, leave it, whatever. But it seems like when it comes to Dave, when it comes to Stardom, I always think he's 
he need you need to add a quarter star or a half a star. But again, it's his rating systems. Uh, you know, again, he's the most prolific uh wrestling uh not broadcaster, you know, uh journalist of all time. And we say it all the time on the podcast. And again, it's for him for him to be reviewing stardom as much as he has, especially in these bigger shows. It's just another feather in the cap of stardom and going to get stardom much more eyes on them, which is ultimately uh what we want um as stardom fans and as the uh the two the two folks that do this podcast. And uh yeah, that's I did not know that he did make mention that it's in the conversation for show of the year. Uh, as far as with me, it's clearly the show of the year. And again, it's subjective. You can like what you like, but to me, and I like both nights of WrestleMania. Um, I did not see the uh, the Mudo show, uh, the match where you did say it was Mudo versus Naito. It was actually Mudo versus Chono. Um, that was the real main event. <laughs> that was definitely the main event. What what a fantastic close that was. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's again. I said it on the show uh, last week. It was not only my show of the year, but I think the greatest Stardom show ever, ever, and probably my one of my top five favorite wrestling shows I've seen of all time. Which again, if uh, if you know me and you've ever seen my collection of library of uh, not only DVDs but VHSs as well, I've watched a lot of wrestling in my near forty-one years on this planet, sir. So. Uh, just, you know, kudos to Stardom on a fantastic show and kudos to uh, Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer for starting to cover more and more Stardom. And actually, he goes on to say that um, the 5,539 people that we reported as the attendance was the paid audience. So there was actually closer to 6,500 people in the building at the Yokohama Arena, which is a tremendous achievement you know one of the largest gates for a women's show since the year 2000 which you know again is fantastic and i think it was um bowling jd on twitter um who said the historical impact of this show you know we can only wait and see you know match quality absolutely no one is arguing with the match quality but the historical impact We'll have to wait and see. Um, one of the highest grossing women's shows. Amazing. You know, fantastic. Since the year 2000. Just going to quickly point that out. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, right, does this have a positive impact on stardom going forward? And I said this last week when we were doing our review with Karen Peterson. You know, where do stardom go from here? Do they use this as a jumping off point? Do we see bigger venues? Do we see more money being put onto stage production or you know on english commentary on more shows or how does it impact stardom in the long run and that's that is now now the show's done now that we've you know we've waxed lyrical about how good the matches were and rightly so i'm intrigued to see now where this company goes next how are you going to use the momentum of this show that's what i'm very very excited to see um just moving on a little bit um, from the show that we were talking about. Um, <laughs> at the Resurgence show, so New Japan Strong will be running the Resurgence show at the Walter Pyramid in Long Beach, California on Sunday, the March, uh, sorry, May 21st. And it's being centered, John Moxley is going to be there, by the way, it got announced the other day, but it's also being centered around a one night women's championship tournament because new japan are bringing out another women's championship honestly it's like buses you wait for ages and none come along and then two come along at once 
Um, so the New Japan Strong Women's Championship will be decided at Resurgence. It's a one-night tournament. Four people are entered, and those people are as follows. Uh, Mercedes Monet, obviously. Uh, Steph- Stephanie Vacker, I think. Vacqua? I think it's Stephanie Vacqua. If I've said that wrong, I'm sure someone will be able to correct me. Uh, Stardom's own Momo Kogo and Willow Nightingale. So, uh, obviously, there's two semifinals and then the finals. The two matches are Mercedes Monet and Stephanie Vacqua and then Momo Kogo versus Willow Nightingale. Um, there's a couple of things here, Matt. Um, first, if you are looking at it from a pure spectator's point of view and with no investment in any of the wrestlers, Possibly seeing Mercedes Monet versus Willow Nightingale is a match I didn't know I wanted, but I'm very, very, very excited by. I don't know anything about Stephanie Vacqua, but I know that she got she's got quite a lot of buzz on Twitter when she was announced, so I'm very excited about that. Momo Kogo, at the moment, I haven't heard anything in terms of a concussion. Um, so whether she is at this show or not, I don't know. It's up in the air. She... She is still being advertised, which makes me think, you know, maybe she will be. Obviously, it is a concussion, so, you know, things can happen, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah, those are two big things. The biggest thing for me, though, Matt, is does this completely and utterly negate the IWGP Women's Championship? No, because who, who it's on. Because it's on Mayu. Um, and I think she will do everything in her power to you know, get the prestige up in it. Obviously we had the big tournament, even though the whole tournament really, there was so many great matches, you know, Mayu Yutami, Mayu Momo, obviously the final was great. And then we we're kind of just playing hot potato with this belt to kind of see where it was going to go. I think Mayu is going to have a long run with it. I fully expect Mercedes to win this belt. And then this way she can go and defend it like how she wanted to going into Mexico and Japan and Germany and maybe maybe going over to see you over there in England, buddy. Maybe she'll she'll uh, high five you there in, uh, on a show. Um, you know, the States as well. I think that I think a majority of people fully expect Mercedes to come out of this tournament with the belt. I just don't see her. No disrespect to the other three ladies. In the tournament, I don't see her putting uh, any of them over, uh, and that's not a bad thing. It's just I just think that her, her she's done such a great job over the past six, seven, eight years, you know, bringing her name up that I just don't see her losing to either of those ladies. Now, can it happen? Sure, it's wrestling. Crazier things have happened, but um, as far as it lessening the IWGP belt, no, because it's on Mayu, and I think you'll see Mayu defend it quite a bit, uh, not only on Stardom shows, but you'll see her defending it on some of the big New Japan shows. And then maybe coming over to the States, you know, as we've seen in the last, you know, two years, we've seen a lot more New Japan shows over in the States. So I would love to see, you know, Mayu get kind of uh, more U.S. exposure. Because I think that once the American fans really sink their teeth into Mayu, I think they'll love her almost as much as me and you do, buddy. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a high That's a high ceiling. That's a very high ceiling. So uh, I think Mayu's going to do a great job with the IWGP Women's Championship. I think this was kind of maybe just created just to give mercedes another belt and the fact that you're probably going to be able to see her wrestle not once but twice on that show plus you know a big star like john moxley that's going to be a hot ticket for new japan in uh in the states and just trying to raise the new japan brand over here in america so i think that was a really smart move on uh, on gato and uh, bushi road as well so yeah we'll see we shall see what happens but i fully expect to see mercedes to walk away with the title what about you who's your out of the four ladies, who's your pick? Because you say Mercedes and I do, you know what that means, buddy. 
absolutely Momokogo for New Japan <laughs> Strong Women's Champion. Um, yeah, obviously it's it's given the show more of a buzz. I think I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure the final of the tournament to crown the next number one container to a uh, contender to Kenny Omega's uh, US Championship is taking place at this show as well. But I could be wrong. Um, my only concern in regard to this title, obviously. I think everyone and their dog is going to assume that Mercedes Monet is walking out of this tournament with the belt. You know, indeed, Dave actually thinks that the entire concept of this belt was created for Mercedes Monet. And though I understand, you know, Maya Wotani, huge name in Japan, you know, she's going to have banger matches against whoever you put her against. If you wanted Mercedes Monet to have a belt, don't have a drop the IWGP women's belt. Now, when it was first created, the entire sort of reason that it was created was that it was for the US market and Japan major shows, which, fine, great. But if it's for US market shows, why do we need a new Japan strong women's championship? Because... You're not going to have, if Mercedes Monet, you know, you could have both on a show. That's fine, but which has the most prestige? Because with all due respect to Mayu Iwatani, and I love Mayu, but with all due respect, she's not going to be seen as the biggest star in America, which, you know, begs the question, well, which is higher on the totem pole? And in America, surely the answer is whichever belt Mercedes Monet holds. Which then begs the question, why did she drop the belt? And I know that the, they weren't sure of her contract and things like that, but I am sure that there was at least a handshake agreement in place on the day, at the very least, of All-Star Grand Queendom. I don't think you needed to take the IWGP belt off of Mercedes if you were just going to give her another belt to do the exact same thing with now don't get me wrong Mayu Iwatani with a belt I am more than happy Mayu Iwatani taking on people from nowhere from you know Tokyo Joshi Pro um from Choco Pro from Pro Wrestling Wave whatever okay it's going to be amazing but I am slightly skeptical skeptical about why this New Japan Strong Women's Championship needs to be created um obviously you know time will tell um but yeah i'm i'm puzzled matt i'm puzzled about the reasoning behind it um and the impact it could potentially have on the iwgp women's championship and obviously you know depending on what mercedes we are assuming mercedes monet is going to win this um but it does seem very heavily weighted in her favor um the next thing is when mercedes drops it who's she dropping it to you know who is going to get that rub and are they going to be able to carry on at the level that mercedes is going to um go on at all these questions and i'm sure we're going to have answers in the next couple of months and we'll see what happens but i feel like you could have had mercedes monet defending the IWGP Women's Championship against against Willow Nightingale on this show without the need for a tournament. Um, but you know what? Doesn't matter. I'm 
ecstatic for Momo Kogo. I think this is a huge rub for Momo, and I hope beyond hope that her concussion isn't too bad and she is able to go on to this show because it will be devastating for her if she can't make it, um, you know, to be selected and to go on to this show with the likes of Mercedes Monet, with Willow Nightingale, who I'm a massive fan of. Um, yeah, I think it's a huge rub for her. Fingers crossed, Matt. She's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're dealing with a concussion, you don't know how bad it is. I and mean, we've seen Adam Cole. I mean, he was out like six, seven months, mm. something like that, who recently come back. And then some concussions, you know, you hear in sports and whatnot, sometimes you can pass the concussion protocol five, seven, ten days. Something else you have to think about, too, is Momo Kogo is flying a long way. Uh, you know, when that show does happen, she's flying over to the to the States, so, you know, from Japan. So that's something they're going to have to check as well. Is her head going to be okay to handle that altitude going, you know, that fast, that high up and that, you know, that long of time. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. For, I mean, we don't want anybody injured at all. But I think that if Momo Kogo is cleared to wrestle, I think that, uh, yeah, this is going to be a show. There's going to be a lot of U.S. eyes on. And the fact that Momo Kogo will be somebody that a lot of people going into that show will be like, I have no idea who this is, but they will be thoroughly, thoroughly imp- imp- impressed with her. So again, fingers crossed that she's uh, healed up and she's well, and she continues to do what she does best. And that's kick ass in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had on the 28th of April, the jumbo forever show, the uh, wave and Bushi road fight show. Uh, in Shinjuku face. It was a complete sellout as well, which was amazing. We had um, quite a lot of stardom participation on the shows. We had Starlight Kid, um, we had Hanako, we had uh, Harukuru Masaki, who obviously I know isn't stardom, but even so, we had Himika, obviously, who took on... (laughs) She took on... um, Hirota Sakura, I think her name is, who basically dressed as Himika, and it was incredibly funny. So if you haven't already seen it, you need you need to check it out. Um, there was a battle royal, of course, which also contained Wakasukiyama, uh, Saki, um, Amisori, uh, Mei Sakurai. So there was quite a lot, like I say, of, uh, of stardom participation on that show. If you haven't gone and checked it out, now I must admit I haven't checked it out yet, which is why I'm not going into a massive amount of detail on it. Um, but I do want to check it out and hopefully we'll have uh, a full review for you um, or at least, you know, a review of it next week. But I just wanted to point it out because it's a nice little a nice little finish off for, uh, for Himika, the fact that uh, they sold out Shinjuku face. And just on the back of that, her retirement ceremony at Corrigan Hall is almost sold out and there's been no matches announced for it. So uh, that's going to be a really, really, really amazing show and one that, again, similar to All-Star Grand Queendom, Matt, I don't think I'm going to be ready for. Yeah, you're going to have to be, buddy. That's coming up on May 14th, right? May May 14th, yes. Yes, May 14th. One in a row. Mark that down, (laughs) folks. (laughs) Um, Just going on to uh, the final bit of news, and that is the Hannah Kimura tribute show. The memorial show, Pinks, the third in the series, uh, will be taking place on the 23rd of May, and it will stream live on Fight TV. So, uh, obviously, we had Matinee, uh, we've had Baggers, and now we've got Pinks. 
um, I do actively encourage you to check out that show. Um, we'll be reviewing it on the podcast. I am absolutely certain. So uh, listen out for that and, uh, you know, go pay the money for the show. You know, it goes to a fantastic cause. Absolutely. Let's move on then. So it's been the Golden Week fight, or at least the start of it in the world of stardom. But seeing as the entire English team for stardom seems to be Sonny Gutierrez, um, the shows are not being uploaded very quickly. Now, as we record, which is the 2nd of May, the show from Nagoya went up. Okay, so I haven't had chance to watch this. Matt, you managed to watch it today. Um, we'll read through the results and everything, go through a couple of the key points that happened in the match, but I haven't seen this one yet. Um, the show from the following day, so April 30th from Fukuyama, that isn't up on Stardom World yet. And I'm, I'm not going to read the results out because I don't want to spoil results for people who are waiting for them on Stardom World. So I'll just give the attendance and then we'll move on. In terms of the rest of Golden Week, um, there are shows on the 3rd. There's obviously the pay-per-view on the 4th. We have got the show from the 5th, the 6th, and the 9th, um, as well as the show on, I believe, the 7th, which I think is the Osaka Comic-Con. Um, so we'll go through those cards at the end of the podcast. But in terms of the Golden Week show that we're actually going to look at today, um, it was Golden Week Fight Tour 2023 in Nagoya from Saturday, the 29th of April 2023 from the Nagoya International Conference Center in front of a sellout, 1,053 people. So we said, how are they going to follow the pay-per-view? With back-to-back -back sellouts, because the 30th of April was also a sellout in Fukuyama, um, is a good way to start um i'm just going to read through the results then if you haven't had a chance to um, watch the show yet on stardom world then please fast forward this bit um and here we go match one three-way match suzu suzuki defeated aya sakura and hanako with the grand maestro the tequila in five minutes and 22 seconds um tag team match the club venus team of jesse and xena defeated the Wingori team of Saya Ida and Hanan with Thunderstruck in 5 minutes and 38 seconds. In a six-woman tag match, the God's Eye team of Suri, Amisori and Marai defeated the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Saya Kamatani and Miyu Amasaki with the Miramare in 11 minutes and 18 seconds. Eight-woman tag team match, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Micah, Tekla and Mei Sakurai defeated the Oeritai team of Natsuka Tora, Momo Watanabe, Saki Kashima and Ruaka with Micah getting the pinfall with a Michinoku driver two in 11 minutes and 11 seconds. Match five, another tag team match, the team of Azumi and Mei Sarah um, went to a time limit draw, a 15-minute time limit draw with the team of Starlight Kid and Kogama in an exhibition of high speed. Um, match six, the semi-main tag team match, the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani and Hazuki defeated the Neo Stardom Army team of Nene Takahashi and Yuna Mizumori with Mayu getting the pin over Yuna Mizumori with the jackknife pin in 11 minutes and 13 seconds. And then finally, in our main event, a six-woman tag team match, the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Siori Anu defeated the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May, 
and Wakasukiyama, or as we should call her now, the Moonlight Fantasy, uh, with Natsupoi getting the pinfall over Waka with the fairy strain in 14 minutes exactly. So, Matt, lots of things to talk about from this show, but before you do, I just want to, uh, I, just, I need to ask something. Okay. Are the rumors true? Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, the rumors are true. I got a text message on, on Sunday, uh, message, excuse me, a DM on Twitter from Darren Chatton, who is a uh, massive supporter of the show and helps us out with a lot of the news and a lot of the uh, attendance figures. And uh, I got, I read it. I read it twice and I got dizzy and I thought I was gonna have to pass out. He said, supposedly on these shows, Hanan has a new theme. And I was like, first Julia, then Hazuki. But why? Why? Of all wrestlers, why Hanan? So um, I've been doing this show a year and a half. Rob, you've been doing it, what, three years? Yeah. Have we ever had, have we ever had to report more heartbreaking news than that on, on the history of this show? Probably not. I mean, honestly, I uh, I thought, how are Stardom going to follow up this pay-per-view? And it turns out they're just throwing money down the drain. How, how, think... can, how can you change perfection, Matt? <laughs> I think they think, well, you know what? We just had this giant show. We put the belt on Tam. That We hit our ceiling. So, uh, so <laughs> They've hit self-destruct. Maybe... Yeah, I think that's what it is. Self-destruct, it's over. Uh, do not be shocked if the company is sold in the next... <laughs> by the time you listen to this, uh, the stardom may fold. Uh, it's just... It hurts. But uh, let's be positive about it. Um, now that Hannah has changed her theme, I want to take this time to congratulate Meltier as they officially now have the best theme music in all of stardom. So congratulations <laughs> to the champs. Not support, yes. And Tam Nakano, I'm blowing kisses. Mwah! Mwah! Believe in Tam, Tam Road. Congratulations. I will say this, though, about Hannah's theme. Obviously, we do not like Julia's theme. Hopefully, it will grow on us. Hazuki's theme, I like her old theme better. Her new theme, not bad at all. Hannah's theme isn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. And it fits kind of her new character, her new, um, her new upgrade gimmick. Uh, what did you call her? Like she Pokemon gimmick up or something like she that? What did you say last week? Pokeball. Yes. That's something that my daughter will have to explain to me because she's very big into the Pokemon. So uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm a doll. Like, wow, Matt's like, wow, you're acting mature. No, I'm not. I'm 40. I'm 40 years old going on nine. But uh, I was, I'm glad, Darren, thank you so much. You softened the blow because as I was watching the show, uh, literally today, literally just a few hours ago, the graphic came up and I'm like, oh, here we go. Brace ourselves. I have to brace myself. And it was literally, I was going to start doing like some stretching, like as if before I was going, going into a big match. And I was like, oh, it's really not that bad. Uh, really not that bad. So uh, <laughs> again, partner, just, you know, soften the blow. It's it's nowhere near as good as you're ready. Yeah, but you'll understand it kind of goes with her new uh, Pokevolve thing or whatever it is that you called it. So nowhere near. Uh, it's not that bad of a theme. Again, uh, I get it. I get it. However, breaks our heart. But maybe she'll do like a Mick Foley where it's like we do like the three faces of Hanan, where she come out with this new theme and then maybe she'll come out with like, you know, the the, the Hanan theme from literally a month ago and we'll all be jumping up and down. I mean, who knows? Um, does the theme music make the wrestler? Does it make it any of a worse wrestler? I would say no, but in this case, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe retire <laughs> Hannah. I'm just kidding. I'm totally just kidding. <laughs> but uh <laughs> 
I'm all over the place on that one. Yeah, it's, yeah, they did it. They pulled the trigger. I don't know why they're changing all these themes, especially Julia's theme was a banger. Hazuki's theme was a banger. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast before, we waxed poetically on how much uh, we love Hannon's theme, especially the fact that I remember I'm on the show maybe about two or three months, and you're like, yeah, her theme's great. And I'm like, yeah, it's too poppy for me. And then I'm watching a Honda match, and then another, and another. I'm like, damn, Rob was right. This theme is awesome. It's just so relentlessly catchy. Like, it's it is far too poppy. I'm not gonna lie. If we're being <laughs> if we're being real about it, um, but yeah, it is. It is so. It's such an earworm. Like, you cannot get it out of your head once you have heard it. Um, I am holding on that they don't change micas. Because if they change micas, I'm afraid I might just have to quit the podcast. Um, I, oh boy! Oh I, boy! Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to cope with that because when that breakdown hits, like there's nothing like it. You can't not headbang. If they change that for some sort of YouTube copyright free lounge music like Julia's, I'm done. I'm done, guys. I'm sorry. It's been it's been great, but I'm done. Um, so well, I just got an idea, buddy. We're a podcast that uh, we like to help people, correct? So do. I just thought of something. So and maybe this will help you. Maybe this will help you get over the loss of Hannon's theme, and maybe even continue more in your heart. Um, maybe what you can do is when Hannon comes out, you can mute her. You can mute Stardom World and just pick up your phone and either you know go to YouTube or go to uh, the, the album is on. Uh, Spotify and Apple uh, iTunes or Apple whatever you listen to and then as she's coming out you just hit the play button and then you're magically whisked away to fancy new super glowy Hanan coming out to the, the theme that we all love maybe that's what we'll do buddy maybe that's what we'll do we'll keep it alive in our hearts I, I you know? feel maybe like that's something. Yeah. I, I need um, I just <laughs> I don't know where to turn what's right what's wrong I, I just don't know what to do anymore, Matt. But anyway, please, please continue with your uh, with your rundown. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to kind of go through these matches. Uh, the first match with Suzu Suzuki, Hanako, and Aya Sakurai. Nice to see the rookies getting in there with uh, somebody that, that obviously we're a huge fan of and that has a lot of potential. Um, it wasn't too much to this match. Everybody looked good. You know, five minutes, 30 seconds, three stars. I do want to see a Suzu Suzuki versus Hanako match because their interactions in the ring, not that I was bad by any stretch of the imagination, but Suzu and Hanako, it just really seemed like really good chemistry. I'd like to see that as a singles match somewhere down the road. Match number two, yeah, we did talk about the heartbreak of the Hanan theme song. Again, maybe it's just the Wingori theme. I don't know. Um, but Wingori, obviously one of our favorite tag teams on the show, taking on the team of Xena and Jesse. Xena and Jesse uh, keep impressing more and more in the outing. I kind of figured because um, they're doing a really good job protecting Club Venus. They're not eating many L's, even without Mina. So I kind of figured Wingori would have got the loss here. The match was good. Three and a quarter stars. They did a really good job building towards the Thunderstruck. I thought that was really, really good there. Uh, Saida and Hanan worked really well as a team together. I just don't understand why they can't start getting some more wins. I would love to see Saida and Hanan get a few wins and then challenge Mariah and Ami Sori for a goddess match. I think that'd be a really, really great match and an underrated match that some people would say, really, they're getting a tag title shot, and I think they would blow it out of the water. Um, three and a quarter stars. Next match was um, God's Eye versus uh, Queen's Quest. 
obviously this was a really good match didn't get as much time as i would would have liked uh, i had it three and a half stars you figure with these six ladies you're like oh man we're gonna see some awesome shuri versus uh Utami stuff, or maybe we're finally going to see Shuri and Sayakamatani throw it down a little. You had the literally probably the two best champions in all of wrestling last year. You got a little of a bit, but where they focused the majority on this match was Aphrodite versus the New Eras. So maybe that's somewhere they're going down the road. Obviously, Utami, um, she's kind of been up and down. She's good. She, we always she's the pillar of the company. They can she can do no wrong. But ever since she lost the title, you, you know, geez, we're going on a year and a half ago. Um, to to Sherry uh, back at Dream Kingdom 2021. Kind of don't have too big of a direction for her. Sai lost the Wonder of Stardom Championship uh, just last week. I would like to see Sai and Utami. Now, they did have a championship run a few years ago, but Sai and Utami, as good as they were then, they're way better now. So they did give us a little bit of a tease in this match of an Aphrodite versus New Eras. Do not be shocked if we see that match somewhere down the line. Do not be shocked if we see a title change somewhere in the summer. Um, but all in all, that was a good match. Uh, match number four, which was Donald Del Mundo versus uh, Wedo Tai. Really good Momo Watanabe and Julia throwdown stuff. Uh, they had a fantastic match in the five-star, which Momo did get the win. We thought it was set up a red belt match with Julia sometime this year. Obviously, that is not going to happen. Tekla did a really good job shining this match. I thought she was the MVP here. They did a good job spotlighting her. As the match was building, we saw some really good Mike and Julia double teamwork here, which is going to make that match that we're going to preview here in just a few moments with Aphrodite much more appetizing for me. So, yeah, it seems like Julia just has really good chemistry with a lot of tag partners, obviously part of ALK. She was great with my Sakurai when Tekla was her. Obviously, her and Tekla as Mafia Bella had a fantastic run in the Goddess Tournament. And all of a sudden, she's just like, yeah, I'm going to be really good with Micah, which Micah is fantastic. So um, really good showing there from uh, from Julie and Micah as a tag team. Uh, three and a half stars. The best match on the show, in my opinion, was the best of the high speed. Uh, you had some really fantastic Izumi and uh, May Sierra uh, tag tag uh, tag stuff back and forth. The way the two of them gelled well together, I would be super excited to see, see these two team in the Goddess of Stardom tournament. Considering the fact that we have Suzu Suzuki coming in full time, we don't know what's going out. Sorry, new. I think if you put Azumi and Maysera in that tournament again, that's the fall. We're many months away. I would love to see a high speed team in there. Starlight Kid and Koguma have this weird chemistry that works but doesn't work. Koguma comes out with a Starlight Kid mask, and the two of them are just like the odd couple that don't get along. They did a great job building towards the end of the match where Azumi and Starlight Kid, they just, it's basically the last three or four minutes. It's just the two of them. And it's what you would expect, Rob. They, they, they can't miss. Uh, four stars. Again, best match of the show. Mayu and Hazuki versus Nanai and Yuna, I thought was really good, but the majority of the match was just the build towards Mayu versus Nanai for the IWGP Championship matches, uh, which is kind of, as these shows have been moving along, I think that's where they're going. I think uh, Nanai is going to be Mayu's first challenger, and considering what we saw on the finals of the Cinderella tournament, their little uh, exchange, I'm super excited to see that. There was a fun part that as after this match finished, uh, Mayu gets the win. Mayu comes out, shocking, Rob, forgets the IWGP belt. Are you surprised at all at that? You there, buddy? Sorry, I just realized my mic had muted itself. Um, I'm I'm so glad that she's living her gimmick. I think I'd have been more disappointed, Matt, if she'd have turned up <laughs> with the belt. I'm so glad that she's not compromising her gimmick now that she's uh, the IWGP Women's Champion. 
Yeah, it, it, it not only that, but it's the first show after she won the belt. So uh, I thought that was great. <laughs> that was great. So so I thought that was funny to begin the match. And then at the end of the match, you know, Mayu gets the win. She's got her hand raised. And all of a sudden, the bell's ringing like crazy. And you're like, what the heck's going on? Suzu, Su- or not Suzu, uh, Nanai and Hazuki are having this brawl into like the eighth row. Where Nanai is really trying to take it to Hazuki for Rob, it's Hazuki. She's not taking any BS. So, like, all you you really only catch the end of it. You just see Nanai trying to kind of ragdoll Hazuki, and Hazuki just like slaps Nanai in the face till it gets broken up. So, I don't know if something's brewing there, but I would love to see the two of them have a one on one match. So, I'm like, ooh, I'm that's a match that I didn't know that I wanted that now I really, really want. Uh, that's going to be really, really fun. Uh, the main event. So, uh, you have these two factions, right? And you have the leaders of these factions, Mina and Tam. So you're going to expect before the bell even rings, you're going to get a lot of dancing. That's what you're expecting, correct, Rob? Absolutely. So they come out. So uh, Amina's team, the Club Venus comes out first. And of course, they come out to Amina's theme. And the crowd is all in it. They're already doing the clapping. They're all for uh, Mirai and Mina. Of course, they're uh, 110% committed. They're doing the dancing. Waka comes out as a cheerleader. She starts. She's working with the crowd on the clapping. And God bless her. You love her. She's Waka. Then halfway through the dance, she's like, I'm going to try the dance. She does two moves, and it goes as well as you think it would. Waka being maybe the smartest person in the room is like, you know what? I'm just going to continue clapping. So there was that. And then uh, Cosmic Angels come out, and uh, no dancing at all. I'm sorry, wow. new from not the point. Zero dancing whatsoever. Uh, the match was really good. They start out with uh, triple teamwork on Waka, uh, and then eventually Tam gets in there with Waka, and she's at first hesitant. To do anything with Waka, and then she just starts waylaying and just starts kicking the bejesus out of poor Waka, as if it's like, hey, because like you betrayed me. Um, some really good uh, triple team work from Club Venus as well. I mean, these two teams work well together. The way that Mariah, uh, Mariah May, we talk about every week on this podcast, how she continues to improve, and she's in the ring with Tam, not supporting Soria New, so she's only going to get better. And she had a really good showing here. There was a really cool spot. Uh, not to point, sorry, I knew. We saw a little bit of it um, at their match where they won the artist belts uh, just last week against Prominence, where they work really well together. They had some really cool double team spots. And there was even one as they're building up towards the end of the double team spots where Tam comes in and she like finishes everything off. And I thought that was a good way to highlight not only the leader of the group, but your red belt champion. I thought that was really cool as well. Um, really good finishing sequence with Waka and Natsupoi. Of course, you know, they do a great, great job building Waka's flash pin falls up. Um, and then eventually it turns into a uh, three-way German suplexes from Cosmic Angels to Club Venus that basically eliminates Mina and Mariah May. And then uh, Boy hits the fairy straight on Waka. Three and three, four stars. I thought it was the second best match of the show. I do want to talk about the post-match promo. Um, I always say if Stardom can improve in one place, it's the promos. The promos are, you have some good, some bad, some here or there. I think Sherry's promos getting towards the end of her reign where they showed a lot of passion. Julia had really good promos. Obviously, we talked about the moment Mina after the match she had with Saya where she got injured. Tam has been having some really good ones leading up to the, uh, the match she had with Julia, especially the one where she cut her hair and just went absolutely nuts. But there was a really good post-match promo here. Um, Cosmic Angels come out with the uh, special edition of Weekly Pro Wrestling that has uh, not only Tam on the cover, but obviously Kyrie 
uh, Natsupoi and Sori Anu. So all four of them, they have the four belts. And I know what you're going to say, Matt, have you picked this up yet? Of course I did. Of course I picked <laughs> this one up and the one with Tam with the red belt. Absolutely I did. So uh, yes, bought them from Japan. And of course I will be sharing pictures when they get here in two, three weeks, what have you. Anywho, so they have the magazines and they're talking about how they're on the cover, Weekly Pro Wrestling Magazine and Natsupoi tells Mina Shirakawa, oh, Mina and uh, Tam, they have a phenomenal exchange in this match. It's just some stiff, really cool exchanges. Again, if you're going to watch two matches of the show, the, this match, the main event, and the uh, the high-speed match. But um, she basically says, Mina grabs the microphone and says, congratulations on the cover of Weekly Pro Wrestling Magazine. When we fir- when I first came in to stardom, Natsupoi, you and I, had the same debut. And then she looked over at the people that I guess work for weekly pro wrestling magazine. And they said, they treated us like heaven and earth. You were the heaven. I was the earth. And then she basically said how she's going to beat her in their wonder of stardom championship match coming up on this Thursday. Nasapoy then uh, started calling Mina a traitor, which is kind of funny considering the fact that Mina betrayed Tam by crying and saying, I didn't want to leave, but I had to leave. Nasapoy, who was a betrayer as well, a traitor as well, betrayed julia by super kicking her in the head so tam her rival can german suplex her on the apron so the two of them are going back and forth calling each other traitors um and then she mina basically said like look congratulations you have my spot you have my spot in cosmic angels as the number two right next to tam and then she takes the wonder of stardom championship and puts it in not face and she goes but i have the thing that you've been trying for that you tried for several times and never got and coming up next week you won't get it again. I thought that was a fantastic promo to close the show and to lead into their Wonder of Stardom Championship match. So again, the match is really, really good. And the post-match promo, again, Stardom is doing a lot better with the talking, which that's how you sell tickets. As great as the matches are, you know, the old Dusty Rhodes, Roddy Piper saying you talk people in the seats and Stardom where I thought, you know, a year, year and a half ago, their biggest weakness was, was the promo and the talk people in the seats. They're starting to get a lot better with it. And you're just making the best wrestling company in the world, bar none, in my opinion, that much better. So kudos on to Stardom on having them work on their promos to build towards the matches. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge addition. It's a huge plus to have. Um, I don't see Nat Sapoy taking the bow and we're going to preview that, um, that pay-per-view in a moment but i did see um there was a gif on twitter i say a gif there was a a clipped video i think it was about two and a half minutes on twitter of the closing promo between mina and natsaboy and i thought it was i thought it was fantastic i thought mina with the belt her new gear just looked like a star so i'm very excited to see what they do with mina and the championship um like i say i don't see natsaboy um, getting the championship, but I think it's a nice little first feud for Mina. It's a nice little first championship defense for Mina because we know Natsupoy is going to put on a fantastic match because she's great. We know that Mina is going to put on a great match because she's great. We know that we know that Mina is going to win, but there's enough there to keep you interested, to keep you intrigued. There's like you know, there's all that underlying tension. You know, Tam replaced me, uh, you with uh, sorry, replaced me with you and just that whole thing is really really good and obviously now you've got the more uh the more overarching feud of cosmic angels and club venus so yeah very very excited to see this very very excited to uh to watch this match i will just say that the show from fukuyama uh from the hiroshima prefectorial fukuyama industrial exchange center in fukuyama 
yeah, got that out first time. Boom. Um, <laughs> what a professional, folks. Honestly, honestly, Excalibur who? Um, if that was in front of 615 people, and that was also a sellout. I did mention earlier that it was back-to-back sellouts. We will talk about that show next week. But, Matt, um, I'd like you to just... Uh, we're going to just bow our heads for a moment, and okay. we are going to just take a moment. Are you ready, Matt? Are you feeling it? I'm, I'm ready. How can you change this thing? Why would you change it? Anyway, that's enough of that. I just felt like we needed to listen to it one more time. Um. Anyway, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about the next pay-per-view in the offing for stardom so this will be from the fukuoka international center arena on the 4th of may which as we record is the thursday it's also the day after new japan runs wrestling dontaku in the exact same building which i didn't realize so it'll be uh, interesting to compare attendances for those two shows uh, that show of course being headlined by sonata versus hiromu takahashi for the iwgp championship a match that I am very much looking forward to seeing. Um, but we went through this show um, last week very, very briefly. But what we'll do is we'll go through it bit, um, match by match and sort of pick apart who we think is going to win and things like that. I'm not going to bother with the Fukuoka Rumble, um, but... Suzu Suzuki. They should have Suzu Suzuki run through everybody. That's just my my pick. That's, I think, what they should do. Go full-on Shayna Baszler Elimination Chamber. Just destroy everyone. Have a come out at number one and just Shawn Michaels, the thing. Um, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting to see who goes into it. I know they've announced a few more. It's pretty much everybody that's not on the main card. Um the first match, as it's listed at the moment, again, this is all subject to change in terms of the running order. Um, Starlight Kid and Ruaka versus Tam, Nakano and Seori Anu. No red belt defense on this pay-per-view. But here, you feel like, obviously, there's a little bit of history between Tam and Starlight Kid from their time in Stars. Um, I wonder if Starlight Kid is going to get the win potentially by cheating it is a weather tie um and then challenging tam for the red belt it would make the most sense obviously we need to start thinking about um people to challenge tam i think starlight kid is the perfect first title defense because she's fantastic in ring she can literally wrestle anybody and have a great match. And obviously we know that Tam is fantastic. So that seems like a no-brainer. I don't think Starlight Kid is quite ready for the Red Belt yet. But she's definitely ready for Red Belt matches. And I think, again, nobody thinks Tam's dropping this belt on the first defence. I think Starlight Kid fits that fits that perfectly. It's a first chance at the Red Belt. She loses to Tam. It can be that start of her pursuing that that higher honour of being either the Red Belt or the White Belt champion. Um, Matt, are you going with Tam just through blind loyalty? What do you think? I totally see your point. And I tweeted out a picture of 
of uh, Starlight Kid choking Tam with the uh, the red belt from one of these shows that have not up on Stardom World. And I said, wow, that Rob Goodwin was right. And uh, he stole a line from me saying even a broken clock is right twice a day. So uh, Absolutely. that seems to be where they're going. I, I completely agree that Starlight, this is, I believe this will be her first World of Stardom Championship match if that's the way they go. Is that correct? This is, would be your first shot? It is indeed, yeah. Um, I d- and I obviously that'll be a great, great, great match and a great way to start, uh, the walking of the Tam road, the red road, uh, the first, uh, <laughs> the first defense. I just don't see, obviously Tam's not going to drop a fall here. Soria new is somebody that is very high up on the Joshi sheen scene. And then she just is coming off this, uh, big win pinning Suzu Suzuki. So I don't see her taking a fall here, even though it would help starlight kids case if she pin. Soria new Ruwaka is kind of the odd person out. I think she'll be fantastic showing here, but I think that Ruwaka gets pinned. And then maybe after the match, Starlight kid, I think Starlight kid's going to get the better of Tam in this match. And then either she'll attack her afterwards or she'll lay down the challenge. But I just, it wouldn't make sense for Starlight kid to get the win here, but knowing the way Stardom does things, I think they're going to protect Tam and Soria new. So I'm going to go with uh, Tam and Soria new to get the win here. I mean, I completely see your point. Um, but you think about how New Japan builds championship challenges and it's the champion being pinned in multimans or, you know, their team losing in multimans. And what you've got to remember is as well that this is a weather tie. You know, they don't need clean victories. You hit Tam with that plastic fruit box um, and, you know, a kendo stick or whatever, you know, she doesn't seem weak from taking the pinfall there. So I think if anyone's actually going to take the pin, it might well be Tam. Um, oh, I know. Damn you. Just saying it to upset <laughs> you now. Um, <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, I think it's the perfect way to set up Starlight Kid versus Tam. I don't think anyone is going to look at this and go, they're burying Tam. No, they're not. They're just saying up the next challenge and then Tam will you know, get rid of Starlight Kid in that match. But I think it's just the best way of doing it. But again, just my prediction um we then have Maya Watani and Hannon taking on Mariah May and Jesse from Club Venus now in my mind I love the pairing of Maya Watani and Hannon because they're so similar in the way that they move and Hannon has progressed so well despite the fact that they've hamstrung her by taking away her theme. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm not over it, Matt. Um, and ordinarily, I would say to Mayu and Hannon, like, I think that's that's a winning combination. And I'd love to see that be the combination in Tag League. Um, but you are looking at building up challenges for the Goddess Belts. Club Venus are the new hottest thing in stardom. You know, they're the new kids on the block, effectively. You've just had Mina Shirakawa get the wonder of stardom championship. Why not have Mariah, May, and Jesse win here? Don't forget, Jesse's been built extremely well. I think she's taken one pinfall, and she's won five pinfalls in her matches. Have the win here, Have the, even if it's just a roll-up. It doesn't matter, but have Mariah May and Jesse, and admittedly rather it be Mariah May and Xena, but there we are. I think this could set up a challenge for the Goddess of Stardom Championships, whoever comes out on top in that semi-main. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with your brother. As always, um, you look at this on paper, you know, Hannon just hanging up minus the theme. Uh, we talked enough about that. Uh, need to pick up my heart now. Obviously, Mayu's <laughs> not going to be any pinfalls. You would think that the Stars team would get the win here, but again, how I talked about earlier, 
they're protecting uh, Club Venus. And it makes sense. You kind of have, again, like you said, the new kids on the block, the new hot thing here. So I just don't see them getting a loss here. Uh, obviously, Hannon's going to be the one to take the pinfall. And uh, maybe it'll be Mariah May, the one to uh, to give her the pinfall, just the way they've been building her up. But I agree with you that I think this match is going to be one that's going to overachieve. Again, you have Han and Mayu who are just great, and they're great as a tag team. And you have Jesse who looks better each with each and every outing. And Mariah May has come so far so quick. I think this is going to be one that a lot of people are going to be like, wow, that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, I'm going to agree with you and go with the Club Venus team to get the W here. Yeah, and again... If Mayu and Hannon were to win, just because Mayu's the IWGP Women's Champion doesn't necessarily mean that they shouldn't go for the Goddess of Stardom tag belts. I mean, Mayu had really, really good matches against ALK when they were tag champs, and she did it with Starlight Kid first and then Kogama. Um, and the, the one with Kogama is always sort of overshadowed, and it's a really good match from back in 2021. So Mayu and Hannon maybe going for the tag belts if they were to win, I would be more than up for that. Um, but again, I do think that with Club Venus being new, with Club Venus being the uh, the focus in stardom at the moment, I think it would make sense to give them the win. I don't think it hurts Hannon if she takes a pinfall, especially if she is relatively well protected in stars, to be perfectly honest. It seems to be Sayurida and Momokogo with the majority of the pins in stars. Um... Next match, then, we've got, like, considering these are undercard tags and throwaway undercard tags in uh, in the grand scheme of things, they've matched up some really interesting matches. We've got here Suryan Konami versus Momo Watanabe and Natsuka Tora. Um, I am just going to put it out there. I think Tora will get another red belt shot at Tam. Um, when that will be, I don't know, but she's not doing a great deal at the moment. Um, she had that championship, the uh, Goddess of Stardom Tag Belt Championship with BMI 2000. But I think she's a leader of a Wedatai. She needs to start asserting some dominance. Um, saying that, <laughs> I don't think they beat Suri and Konami. Obviously, there's a lot of history between Suri and Momo Watanabe. There's a lot of history between Konami and Oedatai. So it's going to be a very, very good match. I think Suri and Konami walk away with it. Um, but I would say keep an eye on Natsukatora heading into the five-star. I don't think she wins the five-star by any stretch of the imagination, but I think she will be built incredibly strong because don't forget we have got... Uh, it's flashing champions next, isn't it, at the end of this month? Um, I believe so. Which I think is in Nagoya. So um, obviously Tam will be champion then. Maybe that's where they run Tam versus Starlight Kid. I believe they've got a big show in June on the same day as Forbidden Door 2. So maybe you have Natsukatora and Tam there. I don't know. Is that a juicy enough match? I don't know. Either way, irrelevant of where my fancy booking is taking me, I think Sura and Konami take this. No, Rob, I was looking at this card uh, as you were late, as always, getting on the show. At least you're consistent, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but, uh, and I was Just going throw to... throw me under the bus on the podcast there. I love it. <laughs> I put you over. I said, you're consistent. You know, you're consistent. <laughs> uh, I was going to pick Sherry and Konami, but then with the, how you talked about that for the first minute, I was like, no, you convinced me to take Tora and Momo. And then you went the complete opposite <laughs> way and took Sherry and Konami. But I'm going to take, this is a, a, a coin flip one, but this, I'm going to take uh, the Wedotai team. 
I think Wedota needs to start getting some steam behind them, especially uh, Tora. You know, supposedly she's supposed to be the leader of a Wedotai. And I know a lot of the newer stardom uh, fans that are coming into stardom over the last year, year and a half, they think it's Momo and Starlight Kid. I'm like, no, because Tora has been gone and Momo and Starlight Kid have been doing such great work as the leaders of a Wedotai. So I think that Tora gets the fall over Konami here. Interesting. Obviously, Momo Watanabe has a terrible record against Suri as well. Like, that needs to be factored in. Um, it will be interesting to see if they do run a match where Momo does eventually get that monkey over back in the form of Suri. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just see Suri and Konami winning this. Um, I don't think every match is going to lead to an angle. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, I think Natsukatora needs to be start starting to be built up. But uh, I see Suri and Konami winning this. And then we have something of a dream match here. Julia and Micah taking on the Aphrodite team of Utami Hayashishita and Saya Kamatani. Now, we made a big thing um, of Mariah and Jesse potentially being the next um, Goddess of Stardom tag challengers. It could quite as easily and possibly more logically be the winner of this match. I mean, both of these teams are really really good julia and michael we haven't seen a great deal of because obviously julia was teaming a lot with suri and michael with himika um but as a tag team they could be extremely dominant you've already mentioned about how utami is i don't want to say treading water but to a certain extent a little bit she is treading water so when obviously now that saya kamatani's dropped the white belt she needs a new direction as well um these two are both legitimate contenders for that for those goddess belts but i see this going to a time limit draw because rob goodwin oh i'm sorry go ahead no go on because i think i know what you're gonna say you go you go first i apologize go ahead okay i because they're both so strong and because i think they are going to try and keep both teams because jewelry is going to get going to get another red belt shot i think they'll want to keep her away from the red belt for now I think Micah will get a red belt shot at some point, maybe Saya Kamatani. But for now, I think tag team having a decent run is the perfect thing for Julia and Micah. However, you don't want to do it to the detriment of a team like Aphrodite. This is, as I've already said, sort of an exhibition of how good some of the tag teams are in stardom. Give them 15 minutes, let them go all out, and then you've both kept your credibility. I don't usually advocate um, time limit draws, but I think this is one that's staring you in the face. In my year and a half of doing this podcast, I've never been so sure of a time limit draw before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> where there, if this is, if there is any other, other than a double count up, there's any other finish, I will add two more beers onto uh, <laughs> your tab, sir. Um, and again, I have no problem with it because we're, we'll have 15 minutes of this. And again, you're having you, Tommy and Saya Kamatani, who people forget just how great of a team they are. Again, because of how great they are individually, they easily can be not only the best tag team in stardom, but if they just had like a year run where they're doing nothing but tagging, uh, they'll probably be the best tag team in all of wrestling because they're that good. And maybe that's where we'll see them going, going into the five-star. Um, again, you have Saya just losing the uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship belt on the same show where Julia, her opponent in this match, 
just lost the World of Stardom Championship ma- uh, belt, excuse me. Also on the same show where Micah lost her best friend and her tag partner due to retirement. Not like not, not, nothing bad. I didn't realize that sounded that bad when I said it. <laughs> Losing her best friend. Uh, so you have, uh, you know, what direction are they going to go with you, Tommy? What direction are they going to go with Saya? What direction are they going with Julia? And what direction are they going to go with Micah? And this is outside of the main event. No disrespect to the other matches on this show. This is the match I'm looking forward to the most. I think this is going to be an absolute banger. And maybe sometime in the future when Saya and Utami win the Goddess of Stardom belts, because I fully expect them to do, I would love to see them run this match back where then they have more time because it's a championship match. But I think this is going to be fantastic. Really looking forward to it. But I expect nothing less than the Rossi Ogawa special. And I kind of want it. Time limit draw. Yeah, I'd be... I'd... This is the one time, again, very rarely do I advocate for title limit draws, but this is one of the times where I would actually be quite disappointed if it's not the case. <laughs> Somebody uh, won. Sai si hit the star crash off the top rope on Julia. It was fantastic, but I hated the finish. Ridiculous. Um, we've got three title matches then at the top of this card. We start with the high-speed championship. Azumi looking to get her 12th successive title defense against Mei Seira, obviously the previous Mei Hoshizuki. Um, I imagine, Matt, we are both in the same camp here. Azumi has nothing left to achieve in the high-speed division. She's already broken the record she so desperately wanted to break. She's still a good way off the 600-odd days at Natsukiteo, Um currently holds as the... Um, Longest reigning single reign with the high speed belt. I think. I think. Um, I think Azumi's at just under five hundred days. I think. Um, but either way, I think the fresh blood that Mei Hoshizuki brings, um, just under four hundred and fifty days. Sorry, not just under five hundred. Um, the fresh blood that Mei Sarah brings to the division, she could be that person that holds down the division whilst Azumi goes on to do other things. And I think that's what they will do. It's what I thought they were going to do with Saki Kashima. But I think if they had Mei Hoshizuki on the back burner, that makes sense. Um, I personally think she has to take it. She has to take it here. I agree with you, but not 100%. I would not. I don't think she has to take it. I wouldn't be shocked if Azumi uh, holds it. But I'm going to say that uh, May Sierra does win the championship match for a lot of the reasons you said. I think she's a perfect uh, fit to take over from the you know the the greatest in the history of that division, in my opinion, in Azumi. And uh, it'd be nice to see you know some fresh matchups in that division. And obviously, Rob, we talk on this podcast a lot of you know how great Sai Kamatani is and Julia and Shiri, and we you know constantly hey push Sai Ida and they're bringing Suzu Suzuki and. And sometimes we just forget just how damn good Azumi is. Like when we talk about a match, like, oh, she's so good. And then we kind of, because the, the roster is so stacked and she's kind of been pigeonholed in the high-speed division and done wonders for that belt. Again, she's how she's raised that belt to a main event belt level status just shows you how great Azumi is. And again, she's just like Suzu Suzuki, only 20 years old. So I think that this is going to kind of be your graduation from this championship, uh, from that championship. She'll still obviously, much like Starlight Kid, still do that style, but in a more main event level. And maybe we'll see some uh, Azumi versus, you know, Mina Shirakawa matches or Azumi versus Tam matches. But I think you're going to see Azumi getting some title shots at some bigger championships or maybe have her have her a really, really good, solid 
five-star run where on the last day she is eligible to win one of the blocks. And maybe she does win some of the, one of the blocks because I think that they have to look at Azumi. And I think they have been for a while now. Like, oh, she's going to be a big star. She's going to be a big star. And coming off the fact that she, for me, stole the entire show on the New Japan Sakura Genesis show. I think she was the MVP of that entire show, as we talked about a few weeks ago. I think now it's time to elevate Azumi into the uh, conversation for Wonder and World Stardom Championship matches on big pay-per-views. I'm not saying she's going to win it. I'm not sure if it's just because the, the card is just so stacked and they just switch the belts. I don't think they'll switch the belts again for any time, but I can see her being a main eventer or a sub-main eventer and her drawing tickets and pay-per-view buys. So uh, I'm excited for this match. I'm going to agree with you that uh, May takes the belt, and I'm excited to see what Azumi uh, does from here on out. Yeah, absolutely, and I will just say it's eleventh uh, tile defense. Damn my ill-informed brain. Um, semi-main then, Goddess of Stardom Championships. The new era's Amisori and Mirai make their first title defense against the Fukuoka Double Crazy team of Hazuki and Kaguma. Um, now they have channeled their inner Ishi and Toriyano um, by stealing the belts. Um, during the press conference, uh, which I believe took place earlier today, they did a live press conference uh, to sign for definitely the Goddess and High Speed. I don't know if they did the Wonder as well, but Meltier also performed, Matt, with the belts, um, which Damn made right. me laugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kogama targeted, uh, sort of channeled her in a Yano, stole the belts. So whether uh, FWC turn up to uh, the show wearing the belts, I don't know. I would like to see Fukuoka Double Crazy take them. I don't think they will because the New Eras have only just taken them and we had all that hoo-ha about trying to get the belts on them in the first place. They need a a clean victory. Um, But I'd like to see Fukuoka Double Crazy do it in Fukuoka. It would just be nice. And I think it's uh, it would be nice for Hazuki as well, who I feel like has uh, has bloody earned it over over the last six months. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked here just because it is their hometown um, just to see them swap the belts. The goddess of stardom, um, very much like the artist belts, they, they they tend to swap a little bit faster. Uh, but considering the fact that this is New Era's first defense, I expect them to retain, not 100% sure, again, just because of it being in Kazuki and Kagama's hometown. Uh, but this needs to be a big match for the New Era's just because of how, and I'm not going to you know get into it because I don't want to be negative, but just how they won the match. Uh, again, not only the finish, but just the match being flat. I just don't see any way possible this match can be bad at all. I just don't see any way it can be any less than four stars. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think this match can be an absolute banger. And this is a matchup that not only do the new eras need to win, but they need to have an absolute banger with uh, the former tag champs here. And I don't see any reason why these four ladies can't go out and absolutely steal the show. So another match that I'm really, really looking forward to. And uh, kudos to Stardom as well. You know, as we're looking at this card, they're literally coming off, you know, some really fantastic pay-per-views this year between what they did at uh, Supreme Fight and then the Triangle Derby Finals. And then, you know, like we said before, the biggest show in the history of Stardom, and then they followed up with this one. I mean, you look on paper, there's three championship matches, but all these matches really, really could be bangers. And this is one that can absolutely steal the show. And I'm really looking forward to uh, Hazuki and Mirai committing murder on each other. Not for real, you know what I mean. Absolutely. They will absolutely beat the living daylights out of each other, and I cannot wait. Because as we know, 
Azuki has one gear. Um, we then have our main event, um, Mina Shirakawa versus Nat to play for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Mina Shirakawa making that first title defense. I think we're both in agreement here. It's going to be a great match, but there is no way that Mina Shirakawa finishes the story, to quote Cody, against uh, Sayaka Matani and then drops it the very next pay-per-view to Natsupoi. It, it's just not happening. Much as I love Poi, much as I think she's a great wrestler, much as I think she deserves a chance with the white belt, deserves a run with the white belt, however long it would go, I don't think she's beating Mina here, Matt. No, this would be a great way for Mina to start. You know, I I feel bad at Mina for one sense because she's literally the person that has to follow the greatest run, you know, ever. And again, my opinion, match quality wise, and uh, obviously the numbers don't lie. You know, Saya has the most consecutive uh, successful title defenses. So I think this is a really good way for me. Obviously, Mina can go. You know, we've been talking on this podcast for the better part of a year, just how much she's improving. And then going into that five star, we knew she was going to be a star coming out of it. But we didn't know really to this degree. Obviously, again, she's the one to dethrone Saya in a great way and a great opponent for her uh, is Natsupoy. Natsupoy does a great job getting her opponents over and mostly a losing effort, which in turn just makes Natsupoy just look so good, so good. Eventually, I think Natsupoy will be wearing the white belt, but uh, not right now. I fully expect this match to be match of the night, and I fully expect Mina Shirakawa's Wonder of Stardom Championship run to start off with an absolute banger. So kudos to Stardom. To, to not, you know, not only that, again, not only does she have to follow Saya Kamatani, but this is the main, this is your first main event of the, uh, your first pay-per-view leading after the big all-star Graham Queendom. And uh, you're doing a great job uh, spotlighting not only Natsupoy, not only Mina, but the Wonder of Stardom Championship. It's like saying, okay, we know we're going to get a lot of eyes on this show, piggybacking off All-Star Grand Queendom. What do we need to highlight? Let's highlight the Wonder of Stardom Championship. I think that's absolutely a great idea. And again, I fully expect this one to be the best match of the show. But yeah, uh, I think Mina Shirakawa wins. And I think that she's going to win. Um, I, it, you, you'll see the psychology of her building up the figure four to take away Natsupoy's speed. But I think she's going to win with the... Uh, newly christened and called figure four driver Mina. She, we, she finally named it just the other day on Twitter. So I think that, uh, I think this now she has a super finisher and I think you'll see it here. I think that's what she's going to beat Poi with. What about you partner? What do you think she's going to get the fall with? Um, looking back at their five star match, they focused a lot on Poi's leg and then submitted her with the figure four leg lock. I think they'll tease that a lot during this match, just as a throwback. Whether she wins with that, I don't know. I don't think she'll need to break out the nuclear finish against Poi. I think it'll probably be just a case of the glamorous driver Mina. Because um, I think the more you... It's you know it's the old adage, the more you kick out of a finisher, the less it it has as an impact. So I think Mina just defeating Poi with the uh, with the glamorous driver Mina as opposed to with the uh, with the nuclear finish I think will uh, will more than suffice. Um you know, it's going to be an excellent match either way, but uh, I think both of us like I say think that she's definitely holding the belt. Um 
what I'll do is then, over the next couple of days, as I've already mentioned, there is going to be Golden Week shows. I'm just going to highlight a couple of the matches from each of the cards. I'm not going to go through every match on every card, otherwise you're just going to hear me run down matches and you'll just forget everything I've said. Um, but I want to just highlight a couple of shows. So tomorrow was re-record on the 3rd of May. The Golden Week Fight Tour moves to Shimonoseki. I think. Um, and I thought the other one was long. Get this. The Hiroshima Prefectorial Fukuyama Industrial Yamaguchi Kaiko Mess. Um, that's the venue. Um, there are some really, really interesting matches on this card. Wingori versus Black Desire is one I'll be keeping an eye on. There's also the main event of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki and Kogama taking on Julia Tekla and Micah. That is certainly a show to keep your eyes on. Uh, Meltia versus Tora and uh, Saki Kashima is another one that keeps uh, that I think could be a little bit of a closet banger. But those two matches that I mentioned before, uh, Mayu Hazuki and Kagama taking on Julia Tekla and Micah, and of course, Wingori versus Black Desire. Very, very, very tasty matchups, man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we get the tag team of Meltier there. But one little thing I thought with Tam winning the red belt, I was like, oh, maybe we won't see Meltier back together. But once again, Tam proves me wrong in the best way possible. But yeah, a lot of these matches on these Golden Week cards are really, really tasty, really, really interesting. And yeah, you just ran down a few of them. So it's going to be really interesting to see, um, you know, how these shake out and how we are going to be able to uh, cover 84 shows in a matter of the next 10 days, buddy. I'm excited. Absolutely. Can't wait. Um, just for those who are on Suzu Suzuki Watch, she is in a six-woman tag against Utami Hayashista, Sai Kamatani, and Lady C, uh, teaming with Maysera and Yuna Mizumori. So uh, we'll keep a running commentary on where Suzu Suzuki is in terms of the cards. So that'll be Wednesday. The pay-per-view is Thursday. And then on Friday, the 5th of May, it's a Yuna Mizumori homecoming show. Kumamoto Joe Hall Civic Center. And there's some interesting matchups again. Um, Yuna Mizumori is teaming with Meltia against Utami Hayashista, Sayakamatani, and Lady C. Um, and then a match that you definitely need to check out. It's Julia and Tekla taking on Suzu Suzuki and May Sarah. That's that's one for me. That could be match of Golden Week, especially if Julia and Suzu channel even half the emotion that they had at um, Supreme Fight in February and in their five-star match as well, Matt. I'm very, very much excited for that. Yeah, that sounds great. And I like how this uh, newly christened Suzu Suzuki watch. So we have a new segment on the show. Thanks, partner. Way to go. Um, <laughs> I, I actually just re probably uh, twice in the last four or five days rewatched Suzu versus Julia from Supreme Fight. And very much like Tanahashi versus... Uh, uh, the other Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki, that match just gets better with each and every watch. Just the violence and intensity the two of them bring. And then you're going to have an attack match with Tekla and Maysera, who that may be, uh, maybe we're foreshadowing to Maysera's first high-speed defense, maybe Tekla. Um, I would definitely not say no to that. So a lot of interesting factors going into that match. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. Um, once it's uploaded on Stardom World and uh, <laughs> and we can get to it. But yeah, that's going to be an absolute banger. Um, so we then move to uh, uh, Kagoshima 
which uh, will be on the 6th, the Saturday, the 6th of May. Stardom Golden Week Fight Tour in Kagoshima in Kagoshima Nanai Lease Sagarajima Arena. It's the Utami Hayashista Homecoming Show. And on this card, we have got Mayu Iwatani and Hanan taking on Tam Nakano and Natsupoi Meltier. So that's a really, really, Ooh. really tasty match. I'm very, very excited for that. Um, we've also got in the main event, God's Eye, Sturi Mirai, Amisuri and Konami taking on Donna Del Mondo, Julia, Mike and May Sakurai and Tekla. So that will be really, really cool. Elsewhere on the card, we have got Hazuki Kogamura and Sairida versus the Club Venus team of Mina, Shirakawa, Mariah May and Zena. That should also be a really, really good match. And then on our Suzu Suzuki watch, we have Suzu Suzuki and Meisera taking on Hanako and Jesse. Um, that Meltia versus Mayu Watani and Hanan match, Matt, I am very, very, very excited for. Yeah, not only that, but it really seems like Suzu Suzuki's team with Meisera quite a bit. And you might be right. Maybe they're just prepping her to team with the high-speed wrestlers, as you will see during the Gatsa Stardom Tag Tournament, the team of uh, Death Tequila. Or was it Tequila Death? Tequila Death, absolutely. Tequila <clears throat> Death. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that's what they're, they're just prepping her for, making sure that Suzu Suzuki, who is a deathmatch wrestler, teaming with Fukin Death. Well, we're connecting a lot of dots here, buddy. <laughs> I mean, it only makes sense. It only makes sense. Um, and then the final show of Golden Week is Stardom Golden Week Fight Tour 2023 bonus track, which will be taking place on Tuesday the 9th of May from Edian Arena Osaka Second Stadium. And there's some really interesting matchups on this, not least Julia and Tekla taking on Suzu Suzuki and Meisera. Um, it is worth noting, of course, that Suzu Suzuki and Meisera are two of the only free agents, which might explain why they are uh, teaming up so much on this tour. Um, we've also got Utami Hayashista, Sayakamatani and Azumi, the Queen's Quest 80, taking on Suri Mirai and Amisori. So uh, that's one to keep your eyes on in a rematch from the uh, Triangle Derby. And then in what is currently the main event, but obviously it's card subject to change, we've got the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi and Sioriyanu taking on Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki and Kogama. So uh, again, this card from the ninth, Matt, I am very, very, very excited. There's three matches there that really could be four-star and above matches. That six-woman between Queen's Quest and God's Eye, that Julia and Tekla versus Suzu Suzuki and Meisera match, and then, of course, Cosmic Angels versus Stars. This ninth card from Osaka, keep your eye, keep your eye on this one. It could be a really, really good show, Matt. Shocking, right? Again, this is the be- this is the best wrestling. When you have a roster that's this stacked and willing to work with each other and do business and whatnot, this is what you get. We're just spoiled. This wrestling company, this stardom, this golden week. Again, they're really taking advantage. Coming off the biggest show in the history of the company, uh, we had two sellouts back to back. This pay per view, I'm sure, is going to do banger business. Uh, and then we get these stacked cards. 
unbelievable, my friend. The best wrestling company, in my opinion, in the world by far. I don't even know what's what's close. <laughs> what is he, what's even second, really? I mean, just crazy. Again, I just I'm so excited to watch these shows, to review the, and then you know to come on here and review these shows. And the fact that me and you get to hang out on this podcast, we get to talk about these shows, and then send it out to so many people in the world, and then get positive reviews. The things that we're just building here, man. We're just we're two lucky individuals, are we not, sir? Oh God, absolutely. Now. It's funny you should mention the pay-per-view buys. It was something I meant to mention in the news, and I completely forgot. It was something that Meltzer mentioned in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Um, uh, the pay-per-view business was up. The pay-per-view itself, and we're talking now about All-Star Grand Queendom again, um, the pay-per-view was up. It did around 2,000 pay-per-view buys. Now, uh, that doesn't sound a lot, but when you consider the usual is around 400 it's five times the usual amount of pay-per-view buys. That's quite impressive. Now, this is outside of Japan, not including Japanese buys. This is just outside of Japan. Now, sure, you can attribute a lot of that to mercedes Monet without a shadow of a doubt. However, you look at that and buzz is around stardom. Now, do I expect... Fukuoka Goddess Legend on Thursday to do as good a number as that? No, of course not. But I expect it to do better than those 400 buys. Maybe of those 400 buys, of those 2,000 that then tuned in to watch All-Star Grand Queendom, maybe 50, 100, 150 people are like, do you know what? I'm going to stick around and watch Stardom. I'll be very, very intrigued to see if any of that residual sort of pay-per-view hype carries on even if you get one extra buy rob and the person absolutely loved the uh the show from last week and they're gonna love this show this week and then say a week from now we could do from now they're out with their friends at a bar or at a child's party whatever and they're like and they start talking about wrestling like you know what obviously we you know we're here in the states we talk about roman reigns and john moxley but there's this wrestling company over in japan that everybody really needs to, to watch stardom say they say that to 10 people and five of those people go and watch stardom and three of those people like stardom and then they start to watch you know you never know when you hook one person the best form of advertisement is word of mouth and the fact that they went from 400 buys to 2000 i expect them to probably do probably anywhere between five and six and you're just going to see that that 400 number i highly doubt you'll see it that, you know, I, I don't want to use the word low, but like that ever again, not unless it's the odd random pay-per-view that they'll kind of just, you know, throw together. But I think those days of doing 400 in the States are going to be over. I think you're going to see 500 and above because stardom is going to absolutely capitalize on, uh, on what they did at all-star grand queendom. And uh, again, like I said, the best form of advertisement is word of mouth. And it seemed like there was a lot of happy customers coming off that show uh, last week. So you know, kudos to them. I would be interested to see what the number was in Japan, considering the fact that they had over 6,000 people in the building with over 5,500 paid. So, yeah, I think this company is just going to grow and grow, my friend. Absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the numbers for pay-per-view buys continue over the year, like you said, you know, especially when you've got the Goddess of Star Tag League Night 6. That's a random pay-per-view. We'll see. We'll see how that does. Um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We are at the end of our episode, and I don't know if how we've managed it because we haven't had a lot to talk about, Matt. We've still gone 
one hour and 50 minutes. And I, I don't actually, I, I mean, I know a lot of it was me hoovering up feathers after George, but <laughs> I don't honestly know how we've done it. Hopefully, hopefully you've enjoyed the episode guys, because uh, I know we have. Um, in the meantime, guys, thank you all for your support, whether it's on Patreon, whether it's subscribing to the podcast, whether it's the absolute influx of five-star reviews we've had on Apple podcasts, thank you it's really quite overwhelming um whether you just listen to the podcast whether you shared word of mouth of the podcast whether you've checked out the website thank you so much the support means a massive amount if you haven't subscribed to the podcast maybe this is your first podcast episode and you didn't tune out after i talked about my cat eating a bird then please maybe consider subscribing we are physically everywhere um thank you again to our patreon if you want to look around our patreon uh, maybe there's a tier for you um, then check out patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. If you think we've earned it, a five-star review goes a massive way to helping us be exposed to even more people and to even more countries and markets as well. So we can't we can't put over how much that really does help us out. Um check out the website www.thestardomcast.com tell histories and things um will be updated after every pay-per-view it's not a daily thing. Um and yeah if you want to talk to us on social media at the stardomcast if you want to talk to me on Twitter then it will be at real rob godwin. Matt sign us off my friend. Let's go. Absolutely. I just want to just piggyback the website. I get a lot of people asking newer stardom listeners what to uh, or watch it, excuse me, you know, where to start the website, uh, the stardomcast.com is use that as your guide. And again, if you're skeptical, or you're not sure if you want to go on to the Patreon, not only do you get what we have coming up, you have that entire back catalog. And there's so much stuff there. And Rob does. And I cannot put Rob over enough. He does. I know he hates it when I praise him, but I don't care. I'm going to. The way that he lays out the the, the website and the graphics that he does are just unbelievable. They're top notch. So, and it doesn't. The website's free. Go on the website, check it out. I mean, it's use it as a guide. I use it as a guide all the time. And if you want to see what's in the back catalog on the Patreon that you will get if you do join certain tiers of the Patreon, that is the best way to go. So I just want to just uh, plug that, and of course, put you over there. Good, sir. Um, But Rob, as you may or may not know, beach season is coming up just right around the corner. And if you're looking to get in the best shape of your life, let your uncle Matt Turner over here give you a hand. Head over onto 5percentnutrition.com and uh, take a look around. They got some really good products, everything to protein powders, pre-workouts branch chain amino acids some really cool uh you know workout gear i mean they they basically have it all over there and if there's something that you want and something that you want to buy in the shopping cart hint uh, hit the code m turner and you'll save yourself 20 percent off your order and if you are not sure what you want or you have any questions or any advice or you want to talk about the podcast uh ask me hit me up the best way to get a hold of me m uh, matt turner of on Instagram and or the Twitter. If you want to shoot me an email, that's fine as well. The stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me there. And uh cannot say thank you enough, folks, for the fantastic support. Like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast. Because we're all this together and everybody's different. Everybody's special.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.